Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Listen to this, 50-50. A young man saw an elderly couple sitting at lunch at McDonald's. Well, he noticed that they had ordered one meal and one extra drink cup. As he watched, the gentleman carefully divided the hamburger in half, then counted out the fries, one for him, one for her, until each had half of them. And then he poured half of the soft drink into an extra cup and set that in front of his wife. Well, the old man then began to eat, and his wife sat watching with her hands folded in her lap. The young man decided to ask if they would allow him to purchase another meal for them so that they didn't have to split theirs. Well, the older gentleman said, oh, no, we've been married for 50 years, and everything has always been and will always be shared 50-50. Well, the young man then asked the wife if she was going to eat, and she replied, not yet. It's his turn with the teeth. 50-50. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 22. Uh, we are going to talk. It actually does work in my sermon. We're going to talk about a wedding. We're going to see this child in the room is just getting it, all right? They are just now getting it. It's like two seconds later. But we are going to be talking about a wedding here in Matthew chapter 22. If you got a pen and a pad, take it out. You'll probably take some notes. So if you were uh, here with us last week and you've been in our study in the gospel of Matthew, you know that Jesus was in the temple and a large crowd had gathered together. And you know, wherever there's a large crowd, Jesus is going to have a Bible study. And as he was teaching the study, remember we talked about it last week, as he was teaching, these religious leaders came to him and they said, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who do you think you are to be doing the things that you are doing, these religious leaders said. And they said, Jesus, you didn't go to our rabbinical schools and Jesus, you didn't go to our cemeteries. I mean, seminaries. They said, who gives you the authority? You see, these guys were really into authority. They were into their own authority, not authority of God. They were in the authority and not in the people. You see, Jesus is always into people. They were into authority. Who gave you the authority? And so they thought they had him. They thought they had him trapped in his answer. They thought they had him trapped. And Jesus masterfully, he turned the tables on them. If you were with us last week, you know, he turned the tables on them and he asked them a question that was stinging and searching and silencing. And he said, was the baptism of John human or divine? Was it from men or was it from God? 
Well, these guys, they stand back, they scratch their heads and they're perplexed and they're befuddled. And they plead the fifth. And he said, we don't know. And Jesus said, you're not going to answer me. I have no obligation to answer you. That's probably my favorite part of that chapter. You're not going to answer me. I'm not going to answer you. And then instead of answering them directly, remember last week, instead of answering them directly, Jesus answered them actually in three parables. Remember last week, we talked about two of them. They're asking him to keep in mind, they are asking him about authority. Authority. And Jesus says, You want to know where my authority comes from? He answers them, last week we talked about, in two parables. Number one, he says and points out that my authority, Jesus would say, is based on the Father. Number one, if you weren't here, you can pick up the CD. Number two, he says, my authority is not only based on the Father, but also based on the Son. And then this morning, he's going to point out, you guessed it, my authority is based on the Spirit. The Spirit. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, look at it with me. In Matthew chapter 22, we're going to read verses 1 through 14, and then we're going to come back and make some comments. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Oh, you guys must be asleep. Matthew 22, verse 1, if you're with me, say amen. amen. And Jesus much better answered. And he spoke to them, circle this, again. By parables. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Underline that. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatted cattle are killed And all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it. And they went their ways. One to his farm and the other to his business. And the rest seized his servants and they treated them spitefully and they killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned their cities, which happened because of the rejection of Israel to the Messiah. The destruction of Jerusalem actually did happen in A.D. 70 under the Roman leadership, leadership of the Roman general Titus. It actually did happen. And then he said to his servants in verse eight, the wedding is ready, but those who are invited were not worthy. That verse is tucked in the center, but it is so important. It's in your margin, write that, so important. He said, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. And so those servants went out into the highways, and they gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. And so he said to him, friend, how did you come in here with without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. The friend was the guy was nothing to say. And then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him 
into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For in verse 14, read it with me. For as many are called, but few are chosen. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice the indignant religious leaders. They came to Jesus and Jesus spoke to them. Notice again. I had you circle that because this is the third time that Jesus spoke to them in a parable. Now, work with me. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Oh, you got that. And I like to say, you've heard me say in the past, that a parable is a short little story with a great big meaning. And so what we have here is a short, simple story with a great, big, powerful meaning. The parable is of a father who was a wedding planner. And he was planning a wedding for a son. And he sent his servants to call people to the wedding and they wouldn't come. Well, finally, he sends the servants into the highways, into the hedges to invite people. And they came. Did you get that? And the wedding was filled with all kinds of people. And while at the wedding, the father noticed an intruder who didn't have on the right clothing. He didn't have on the right garments. The father inquired of the man, gave him an opportunity to respond, but he was speechless. The father had this man thrown out of the wedding into outer darkness. Now, important to understand a couple things and real key to this text. To understand, you got to understand the Jewish wedding event because it's very different than ours. The Jewish wedding in Jesus' day was the most celebrated occasion to take place. Jewish people, they knew how to party. I mean, they, they really knew how to party. They, they partied for several weeks. A short wedding was a week long. So they partied every day for seven days. People would go to the father's house and stay at the father's house and, and, and just party. Get up and eat and party some more. Go to sleep, wake up, eat, party some more. So Jewish people, I mean, this, this wedding was an event. For us, it's kind of like a day event. But for Jewish people, it wasn't so. And this event had three parts to it, actually. If you're taking notes, the first part was the engagement stage. The second part was the betrothal stage. And the third part was the actual wedding. In the engagement stage... This is where the marriage was arranged. You see, the, in, in, in those days, in Jesus' day, marriages were arranged. In our day, we let our kids marry who they think they should marry. But as you search the scriptures, you can see that marriages were arranged by the father, by the dads. And it's very interesting where marriages were not arranged by the father, by the dad. They always ended in chaos. Oh, you might remember it was Samson whose father did not arrange his marriage. Remember? And he married that woman from Timnah. Even his mom and his dad were saying, can't you find a woman amongst your own peoples? And he says, no, I want her. This woman from Timnah. And what happened? She got him a bad haircut. 
supercuts. <laughs> Wasn't good. And you might remember Jacob was married to sore eyes. Remember? Her name was Leah. Leah means sore eyes. So if you're having a baby girl, you might want to kind of consider and maybe not naming her sore eyes. And, 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 and they got married. And then it took seven more years for him to marry the woman that he really wanted to marry, which was Rachel. And so Jewish marriages were arranged. The engagement stage, the first stage. The second stage is the betrothal stage. The betrothal stage took place between the age of 12 and 16 years old. You might remember Mary was betrothed to Joseph, probably around 13 or 16 years old. It's in the betrothal stage that the father would settle on a price for the bride. And what determined the price was the father's wealth, whether he was rich or poor. And the bride's worth. Was she worth two chickens or one horse? Now, I don't think that would go over big today. I want, I want to marry your daughter. Okay, you got to give me six cows, you know. Don't think that's going to go over, but that's the way they did it in the Bible. Now, it's interesting because we're talking about the father's wealth and the bride's worth. I see just really briefly an interesting parallel as the Bible says that we are the bride of Christ. Amen, saints. We are the bride of Christ and the father, the Bible teaches, paid for us according to his wealth. And the price was not two chickens and a horse. But the price was what? His blood. First Peter chapter one, verse 18 tells us, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's what you were bought with, with the precious blood of Christ. It's, it's unvaluable. It's inestimable. It is no worth. It's priceless. His blood is priceless. And that's what he bought us with, which brings us to the third stage or the third part, which was the wedding phase. We have the engagement stage, the betrothal stage, and then we have the wedding phase. Now, it's in this wedding phase that the invitation was sent out. You got to understand something here. In the Jewish wedding, there were actually two invitations. The first would be sent out inviting the guest, much like you get an invitation in the mail. And it's sent out inviting you. And, and, you know, RSVP. Would somebody please tell me what in the world is the tissue in the invitation for? Is that to blow your nose? I don't know what. What's up with that? I don't know why we spend money on those things. It's like, can I save money if we hold the tissue? I mean, what are we going to do with that? But the invitation goes out, much like it did in the... Jewish wedding, which is the first invitation. But then the second invitation goes out. Listen, one year later, when everything is ready, a servant is sent out to tell everyone in this second invitation. So the servant would go out. Remember, they were small communities. It wasn't like the big city of Apex. It was a small community. And so the servant would run out and he'd say, ready, it's ready, it's time, come, the doors are open. Now, everyone understands something. They knew the day from the first invite, but no one knew the hour. So that day, everybody was waiting. 
So as the servant went out and he said, hey, it's ready. The father says, hey, everything's ready. The food is cooked. Everything's prepared. Go get everybody because I don't want the food to get cold. And the servant would run. It's ready. It's ready. No man knew the hour, but everyone knew the day. Sound familiar? Jesus said what? No one knows the hour, but the father. Isn't that interesting? So when the second invite went out, it was time to feast on the fatted calf. In other words, in the Greek language, it's time to feast on Danny's barbecue. On some ribs. Are y'all with me? Look, that's a wedding I want to go to, okay? What's up with the finger foods? Okay, let's have some ribs. Finger food to me means I suck on my fingers when I'm done. That's finger food. Time to eat. So notice, though, who wouldn't want to go to this royal wedding with the fatted calf? And yet in verse 5, it says they made light of it and they went their way. One to his farm, the other to his business. These guys acted like no big deal. They were more concerned with what they can make for profit. They willingly and purposely forfeited the honor of being invited and they made light of it. And doesn't this sound like people we know today? Some people would rather stay home and cut their grass than to go to church. Isn't it true? I am amazed when I go in my neighborhood, you know, on a Sunday and people are just cutting their grass. Hey, if you went to the early service, good deal. Okay, fine. But, but man, some people would rather stay home and clean their windows then come to the wedding, come to the feast that the Lord has prepared. Now, here's the meaning of the parable. The king is God, the father, who sent the spirit to invite people to come to his table to banquet, to the wedding, to marry his son. And the first ones invited, listen, was the nation of Israel. Now, you got to remember, Jesus is talking to who? Jewish people. The first ones invited were the nation of Israel. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and chapter 2 verse 10 tells us salvation is of the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. But the Jewish nation rejected Jesus when he came to Jerusalem and they rejected the apostles and they treated them spitefully. And so the invitation went to the Gentiles. And these blessings remain with the Gentiles until Romans chapter 11, verse 25, until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Now, the fullness of the Gentiles is the last Christian, the last believer, the last person to enter into the church. When that happens, the rapture will happen. Isn't that an amazing concept? That God knows the very one person who is the last person to come through the doors of salvation to enter the church. And when that one person, we don't know. Hey, it could be one of you guys. We could, you could get saved today and maybe you're holding us up. (laughs) You got to let me go. Let my people go. You, (laughs) you don't know. So the last person to come into the kingdom, if you guys are alive, say amen. The last person to come into the kingdom, then we're going to be raptured and we're going to go and be with the father. This is called the fullness of the Gentiles in Romans chapter 11. Look that up in your own time. And when the church is complete, the rapture takes place. 
then God will begin to work with the nation of Israel during the tribulation, which is the time of Jacob's trouble. So Jesus says, you ask about authority. I've come in the authority of the spirit of God, of which you've rejected because you have rejected his invitation. And now the call has gone to the Gentiles. Now, in Luke chapter 14, it's a parallel text. It tells us because those who were invited said they were too busy, the father told the servants to go into the streets and the lanes of the city and to go into the highways and the byways and to beat the hedges and to compel them to come. In other words, go to the Gentiles and invite them to come. Tell them the meal is ready. And the door is open and whosoever will let them come. And did you notice in our text, they went and they got the good, the bad and the ugly. They got the tax collectors and they got the prostitutes. Remember, I told you, you're going to be surprised at who's in heaven. Didn't I tell you that last week? You're going to be surprised. There's going to be some tax collectors. Which if you. Our tax collector, I love you. It's the season of tax collecting. You can still go to heaven if you repent. Come on, do it now, brother. Come on. There's going to be some tax collectors. There's going to be some prostitutes in heaven. And the Jews and the religious leaders, they're going to be shut out. All the religious people, because they missed The joy of the wedding. Notice in verse 11 in your Bibles, when the king came into the wedding, which is a picture of the church. Are you with me with that? Say amen. Picture of the church. He found a guy who didn't have the wedding garment. Now, in those days, when you came to a wedding, they would give you a wedding garment so that everyone was dressed properly, which is nice. You don't have to go out and buy clothes because somebody's getting married. You know, you're in the bridesmaids, you know, you go to one of those weddings where the bride says, I want all the bridesmaids to buy your own clothes. You know, that's a bummer. You got to buy your own clothes. Okay, fine. That's the way we do it, but that's not the way they did it. When you went to a wedding in those days, they gave everyone the clothes so that everyone was dressed properly. And when the father questioned the man, did you notice that? He was speechless. The father told the servants to tie him up, throw him into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't think we can miss the meaning of this. From the lips of our loving Savior, Jesus says... Take the guy out and cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is he talking about? The H word. What's that? Hell. Hell? Is there real hell, Rodney? Absolutely. And the Bible is very, very, very clear about that. There is a real hell. Hell is real and hell is eternal. It's not annihilation. Jesus obviously believes in hell. The devils believe in hell. Jesus talked more about hell, get this, than he talked about love. As a matter of fact, you want to hear something? Jesus didn't talk that much about love. What? That's right. He did not talk that much about love. He showed it. Search the scriptures. Oh, Jesus is loving. Jesus is love. We write songs. Jesus is love. Yeah, he is love. He didn't talk that much about love. He did a whole lot more showing love than he did talk about it. But it is interesting. He talked a lot about hell. 
Why? Because he knows that hell is a real place. And basically, Jesus says, do whatever you have to do to avoid it. There are many people who don't believe in hell. Many people. And I understand that. And let me just say to you, if you're one of those people today and you don't believe in hell, may I say to you and listen close and listen, listen, receive this in love. Receive this in love. You may not believe in hell, but just because you don't believe in hell, it doesn't make it one degree colder or one minute shorter. Let God be true and every man what? A liar. The word of God is clear. Hell is a real place. It's totally dark and totally miserable and totally hot. You can't see anyone, but you can hear everyone. The torment of everyone. It's a place of outer darkness and weeping. Probably weeping at the pain of knowing that they rejected Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.